Hello, my lovely listeners. Welcome to episode 50 of Keep Blooming. This is your host, Liz Montigny. Wow, 50 episodes. I'm raising my teacup to consistency. In this episode, I talk with Lisa Martinez, who is the founder of a restoration ministry called Little with Great Love. Lisa's journey shows us how our brokenness always leads us back to the cross and ultimately to love more. She also also shares the distinction between healing and restoration, two different things along the same path. And Lisa has fun creating a podcast called Saints for Slackers. Lisa is creative, an entrepreneur in a silly heart. Christ has called Lisa Martinez to bring the broken to his sacred heart. She calls Austin home with her mountain man husband, Mike, who loves to travel through life with as well as around the world. I have to tell you the timing of this episode is pretty amazing. We recorded this months ago, but I actually edited this after attending a silent retreat that was gifted to me. I'm so grateful for it. And in on the retreat, I was really processing a lot of what I talk about with Lisa in this episode. And I just want to remind you to not be afraid to go there, friends. If you need uh, healing, if you're looking to let go and uh, just open yourself up to peace, peace in your heart, in your mind, you have to go through that healing process. And that always is with our Lord, honestly. So I just, I just thought the timing of it was really amazing. So this episode is also for you. If you're a big fan of St. Therese, let's get growing and keep blooming. Tired of overthinking your next step? Do you want simple steps to level up your mind, body, and spirit? Or maybe you need some inspiration to reach your goal. Then you've tuned into the right podcast. This is Keep Blooming, and I'm your host, Liz Montigny. Each week, I'll encourage you to drop the hustle mentality for hope and act on the dreams God has put on your heart. Like you, I'm doing all the things as a Catholic, a wife, a mom to three boys, and a licensed Ziegler coach. So let's get growing and keep blooming. Hello, welcome to the Keep Blooming podcast. Today we have another fabulous guest with us. I can't wait to talk with Lisa Martinez. She uh, has an amazing, what do you call it? An apostolate, a, a ministry, a coaching? What? What is that? Little bit. Yeah, I think apostolate ministry, those are both appropriate terms. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's a restoration ministry. She's creative, entrepreneur, silly heart. Christ has called Lisa to bring the broken to his sacred heart. She calls Austin home with her mountain man husband, Mike, and she loves to travel through life with as well as around the world, which I love that because I'm all about retreats and restoration. So, you know, tell us, did I miss something there, Lisa? (laughs) I think it's a good synopsis of who I am. I, um, I was born and raised in the Metro Detroit area. I now call Austin home and uh, Texas has been my home since 2007. So I've been here for a bit, uh, still working on getting some cowboy boots. Uh, but 
Um, yeah, restoration wasn't like this ministry that I set out to really uh, start. I think like a number of things, the Lord knows uh, what you're passionate about. He knows your heart. Um, so I actually studied um, mental health, writing, and uh, theology at Franciscan University. And after I had, you know, done uh, different jobs across different industries, across a couple different states, um, I ended up in Dallas area and met my husband in my mid-30s. We got married and, um, you know, here we have been in Austin and I was working on a nonprofit that the Lord called me to called I Amplify and do digital marketing for Catholic uh, organizations and, you know, apostolates and different things. And um, my dad got really sick back in 2017. And at this point, um, the Lord just told me to let go of everything I've been hustling for, right? Everything I'd been building and working on, let it go and just take care of my dad, uh, realizing that he was in the last months of his life. So we moved my dad from Florida to Austin and I cared for him in his last days. He was very ill. And my husband had told me, don't worry about work. Uh, just spend this time with him. It's precious. You won't get it back. And after letting go, the Lord just gave me a lot of consolation, sent me on all these trips, things I'd given up, you know, to take care of my dad and different things. And in that time, he was showing me how he had been using my brokenness throughout my life to bring about restoration and healing. And just so that everybody kind of understands what restoration is, it's to bring something back to what it was originally intended. So when we talk about it in a Christian sense, a Catholic sense, we mean that we're bringing somebody back to wholeness in Christ. And because of trauma from my childhood and um, other things that have been suffering, grief from losing my mother, then grief from losing my dad, grief from infertility, 12 years we've had in our marriage, that he was showing me how he had been restoring me and showing me that our stories could be used for his glory. So to just gather some ladies together and we could start sharing our stories using media to do that. And that's the way that we could start to bring hope and healing to other people. Wow. What a beautiful journey. And mm -hmm. at the time that we're recording this podcast and by the time listeners are hearing it, I will have come back from a retreat that I call Restoric. And I love this sense of bringing back to wholeness, you know, and I think for many of us, especially women, uh, there are definitely times in our life when we can tend to get sucked into that hustle mentality of, you know, I have to do this, this, and this when, and it can be very surprising or even a little fearful when God then asks you to, uh, no, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. You, you now need to do this. <laughs> um, so the acceptance of letting that go, but also reflecting on what a right ordered life is for you. While it can be uncomfortable, it's also quite freeing, you know, the truth will set you free, right? And, exactly. And, and um, so I really appreciate you sharing that. So 
before I ask you some more questions about all that, <laughs> I, I want to share, um, for those of you who've been listening, you know, I like to do my little abbreviated Lexio Divina, just to root our conversations. And I've been asking our guests to uh, share their favorite scripture passages. Uh, so Lisa has John 16, 33. I have told you this so that you might have peace in me. In the world, you will have trouble, but take courage. I have conquered the world. That is so beautiful. And, and we just heard that from Lisa's, you know, synopsis of her last, uh, <laughs> you know, couple decades of her life. But, um, you know, I think we tend to shy away from the fact that um, suffering is a part of our earthly life and there is a purpose to it. And I think when you're in it, when you're in the tough stuff, we tend to forget that. So Lisa, in your journey, um, you know, and you've said a couple of times, just, just in what you've shared with us so far, you felt like it was made very clear to you that God was using your woundedness and your suffering for his greater glory. Can you give me a few examples of that? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. So I think that, you know, we think of um, sometimes when we're going through something, it's hard for us to feel like other people understand you know, especially I use example of losing my mom, you know, but gosh, one of the greatest souls ever just left this earth and people are just walking around like nothing happened, you know, when my whole life was shattered, you know, and I was newly engaged um, a month before my mom died, my husband proposed in front of her. And so finally her baby girl, her youngest child, her only unmarried child was set up and she could go in peace, you know, <laughs> but we think that God, I, my heart is so broken and people can't understand. And, and I think that in life, none of us, as we see in the scripture, right? None of us are going to get out unscathed. All of us are going to experience grief. And I think so much of what we experience in suffering can be brought back to grief and realize that there are other people around you that you may not know this person that you've worked alongside for 10 years, um, that they lost their brother when they were young or so-and-so, you know, right now his mom's going through cancer and she's having to face her mortality or, or whatever those things are. And, and that's the part of it that God wants to use is that that brokenness that you're experiencing connects you back to the suffering Christ, what he experienced in his brokenness and showing us on the cross this is, this is love. <laughs> and this is what we are going to experience, not to that degree of crucifixion, literally, um, but we are going to experience deaths in our life. And we are going to experience the cross in our life because he promised that. But there are other people we can connect with as well as connecting to the suffering Christ that are right in our midst. And when we start to do that, we start to realize my brokenness now starts to unlock through my vulnerability, my willingness to share it, that this other person now is connected to me and they open up and we can start to realize that, man, we have more in common than we thought. And God's starting to use that and saying, look, that person might've gotten stuck in what they were experiencing with their grief, or they might hide it because they don't feel comfortable, be comfortable being vulnerable. 
and you just allowing yourself to be vulnerable and share those things, God comes in there. And then you start to see his little fingerprints over these things. You start to see, oh my gosh, this is how that grief has been changing me. That grief has opened up my heart, the parts of it that I shut down. And now, now he's starting to come into those places and breathe new life and start to free me from some bad patterns, from some old wounds, some, some, uh, some beliefs that were really kind of embedded in there that are just way out, you know, left field. And he's starting to restore my heart just through breaking these parts open and allowing other people to come into those places. That is a really good point that in order to love more, forgive more, we actually have to be opened up. And I think the more we fight against that, the harder and longer it takes. <laughs> so the more, the more, you know, accepting we can be of that and, and look at it through, you know, Jesus already did all this for us. He, yeah. he hung on the cross. He bled every drop of blood for us. So whatever you're going through, he knows, he knows. So, and, and I think it's really important too, when people are struggling for clarity or maybe they're at a crossroads in life. I work with a lot of women who they're at midlife, right? And mm -hmm. so their children need them in a different way now and they have yeah. more time and, and so forth. And so they're at a real crossroads of, I kind of need to redesign my life. Like, what am I doing You know, now? Yeah. And I always encourage them to really reflect on how far they've come and celebrate that because- through all those trials, you know, whatever their sufferings may have been, maybe in their family and their marriage and, and whatever, when you look back at that and see how far you've come and how you can apply what you've learned going forward, it's really empowering. And it's really, you know, you see that's when you really start to see Jesus's hand and where he was with you. And he wasn't gone. He was there. And so you can start to understand your purpose a bit more, you know, and I think a lot of the times um, the Lord may be calling us, you know, our purpose may be that we went through that challenge and that trial so we could help other people do that. And sometimes yes. when we're really lost, I think it's, help, it's helpful to like just boil it down to that and start taking action on that. I love the name, Little with Great Love. <laughs> Thank you. At the time that we're recording this, and probably I will keep meditating on this for a while, but um, I've been really looking at St. Therese and how in her littleness, she was massive, you yes. know, and, and how, you know, I tend to be one of those people who it's like, go big or go home, <laughs> but, you know, uh, mo most of what I find is that Jesus is saying, nope it's, it's, you got to go little and actually I want you to do it this way. And I fight against that a lot, but yeah. now I'm starting, you know, St. Therese is kind of saint stalking me a little bit lately. And it's like, <laughs> actually try that. So, um, talk to me a little bit about the name and yeah. it's to you. Yeah. Yeah. So back in college, I was part of a, it's, it's called a household but it's kind of like, I guess, like a Catholic sorority because it's organized around spirituality. 
uh, called uh, Little Flowers. And so it was based on the spirituality of St. Therese. So she's been saint stalking me for a couple decades now, you know, so. And I think that, you know, this group of women really changed me and started to show me what the keys to the kingdom were, you know. And so much of St. Therese's spirituality, which we're going to cover in our podcast, which um, Saints for Slackers, we're going to do a special edition called Little Way, the Little Way edition. This um, launches September and it'll be run through October and November of this year. And it's all breaking down her spirituality, you know, so we can see so much in her. It's about trust. It's about surrender. It's about humility and abandonment. As she would say, abandonment is my own only compass. And so that letting go, so hard for us to do, right? And she really just embraced this littleness. And so when it's little with great love, it kind of combines the spirituality of St. Teresa of Lisieux and Teresa of Calcutta, who said to do small things with great love. And then you've got the little way. So we put the little with great love together for these two Teresas. And it's about that we think we have to do these grand things in life and that our purpose means that we've got to like pave this great way and we've got to like conquer kingdoms and, you know, go speak from, you know, in front of 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 people. And maybe God does call some of us to that. And some of us may be called to love in our, in our household and to love my dad and pour out into that every day, you know, dressing wounds and, you know, making sure he's got his, you know, all of his things from Amazon and, you know, your little people in your household or your husband or your friends that God calls you to, or your family, wherever you are, God's calling you to love and to do these little things with great love. And in that we're sanctified, right? She was about sacrifice and she would there were people in her community that were driver nuts, you know, the old nun in the wheelchair that was always complaining and nobody could ever do anything right. And she would take it upon herself to go push this nun around and act so sweet and so kind to be so gentle and so loving to her that this nun thought that she thinks I'm her best friend when it's really like no one can stand her, <laughs> but she's letting all of that mortification you know, she's offering all those things up to God and saying, use this sacrifice. I'm not going to retort. I'm not going to talk back. I'm not going to correct her when she said something mean or wrong or whatever those things are. And it really is in all that littleness of just being weak and dependent on the Lord that we realize it's him doing the work through us. And I learned that so big through my dad because I felt I, I hate hospitals. I'm so squeamish. Like, don't put me around puke. Like, I can't handle it. Like, all these things that I just thought I can't do. And I'm so ill-equipped. And that is what I was learning through that. I, I went to confession with a priest. And he said, this is spiritual poverty. This is when God empties you so that he can fill you and he can use you. And then you know it's him, not you. And so that whole thing of spiritual poverty is really tied up into Therese, which is about spiritual childhood. 
being a little kid, sitting on daddy's lap, letting him pick you up, letting him lift you up into becoming a greater saint because you just say, I'm too small. I'm too weak. I can't do it. You got to do it. And then he's like, oh, baby, I'm taking over. I got you. <laughs> and he comes in and you can see his strength coming in through you. And you know, oh my gosh, I was able to do this because God's grace helped me and God worked through me. And I can't take credit for it because when I show up before him, she said, I have empty hands because it was all you, God, it was all you. Oh, I love that. I know. I love, there's so many amazing stories she had. And, mm. and, and I love your point too, about, you know, we're not all going to be, you know, the speaker in front of 5,000 people, right? I mean, that's, that's not everybody. And um, so I love that, you know, you're making that point of how can we do the little things well in, in our territory? You know, in our, it, just with our people, our own family, our friends, whatever that may be. And um, I think when we begin to, especially if we're stuck or, you know, maybe we're struggling, if we begin just with the small things and doing, working to do those well, then like you said, God will pave the way you know he will come in and he'll show you more and but if we just sit there and you know overthink or ruminate or whatever it may be you know nothing you know that's not that's not you know we want to we want to take action and move forward so when you talk about this littleness and even with restoration you know and <laughs> in in what you do Talk to me a little bit about how you help people restore. What do, is it like a spiritual accompaniment? So we are definitely open to that. What we tend to do with our ministry is we put out content. We put out a lot of content. So we do blogs a couple times a week. Um, we do social media. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, we have a podcast. So it's really using those me different mediums to reach people with those stories and, and healing and restoration. And so how we do it is, is we open our hearts, we share our stories. And if there's women from different ages, different backgrounds, so that they can connect to different audiences. So if you're 20-something, you're 40-something, you're 30-something, whatever. If you're a mom, if you're single, if you're, you know... If you're homeschooled, if your kids, you know, are out of the house, whatever, those those ability to connect with and share those stories so that someone can say, ah, me too. She gets me. She understands me. So really it's providing that storytelling. Um, I'm such a storyteller. That's just how God created me since I was a kid. I created books and I wrote poems and all those things. I'm writing a book now, which is an infertility devotional to share stories of, of couples and women that have gone through infertility to bring hope and healing to other people. So, so much of what we do is storytelling. And then if somebody comes into that space, like we hope they do and say, ah, that's my story, then we're able to connect with them. Or they ask for, hey, do you have some more resources? Or can you tell me this? So if something is very specific, then we look for, um, because I think of us as like the general practitioners of restoration, right? We're kind of like over the whole specialty of like, okay, you want to be brought back to what God wanted, we're with you. But if someone's like, hey, I'm really struggling with addiction, then I have resources to send them, well, you should go check out Catholic and Recovery, 
or you should talk to Christy Walker with the Catholic sobriety. You know, she's a Catholic sobriety coach. Uh, hey, I've gone through child loss. Uh, you should talk to our sister ministry, Redbird Ministries. Um, hey, I really want somebody to accompany me through infertility. We'll go over, you know, and, and then plug them into the fruitful hollow or put them, you know, over what springs in the desert. So there's also that uh, kind of kinship that we share with other organizations. That's why I'm always so happy to meet new coaches and to meet new people in ministry so that when we have somebody that is more of a niche, that we can put them with somebody that can really specifically accompany them deeply in that specific area. Because I think sometimes restoration just really requires somebody with a very specific story and a very specific background to come into that space with someone so that they could really do that very well. Um, so we have a lot of downloads and resources on our website. We also provide, uh, we have over 30 free resources on our website. So there's people downloading the Surrender Novena and the Circle of Influence and all these type of resources that we provide for free. You know, give a donation if you can to pay it forward so that we can also provide those resources out there for people who are like, oh gosh, I need the Padre Pio prayer. You know, I really need a St. Teresa's, uh, you know, novena. I, I want this infertility novena or whatever. All of that's out there. So we kind of accompany people in those different ways. That's fantastic. Sounds really valuable. And I love that you're very much you know, um, pointing people in the right direction, right? Because I think, I think sometimes that's a lot of the battle is like, hey, I know I could use some extra help here, but I don't even know where to start, what to do. So um, I think that's wonderful. In your, your ministry, when you, you say it's a restoration, <laughs> a lot of things come to mind with that. Is there a common myth about what you do that, you know, maybe people come to you and they're talking to you and you're like, well, it's not exactly that, you know, how, how do you share that? Right. So I think sometimes people might misunderstand healing and restoration because they're, they're two parts of the same thing. Um, so I actually wrote a blog on that and kind of what we think of healing, being healed is a process of being set free from trauma, grief, loss, and pain, and the detrimental impact on other people's words and actions over our life, right? So we want to think of healing as a process of being set free, right? And then what restoration is, is coming back then to that wholeness as originally intended. So you think of like healing as I need these things to be let go from me. I need to let go from the trauma. I need to like let go of that grief and all of that. And it's, so it's it's kind of breaking the ties with things that have violated us in the past, right? So I'm not going to let that, you know, abuse from my childhood continue to have a hold on me, right? So as I get that freedom and I've let go of those things, the second part is coming back to what God intended, you know, so I've let that go, but who am I now? <laughs> and if I come back to this, it's this process of experiencing a, a life free from that captivity. And now we want to come into the truth of the original identity God intended for you which is so exciting to me and walking out that journey, according to this blueprint, that sits in your DNA because each one of us got created unique. There's nobody ever before created like us, nobody ever again created like us. So what is my 
original identity? What's the truth of that? And how do I live in this place and walk out my journey from there? So I hope that kind of makes that sense, right? I want to get freedom from healing, but then I've got to come back to this blueprint. Who was I created to be? And when you start living from that place of your identity, what God wanted you to be, what God created you from the very time that he knit you in your mother's womb, that's powerful. And that's how we change the world. One soul at a time, you know. Amen. And I love that you have this very important distinction of healing versus restoration, because you can't fast forward to restoration if you haven't dealt with the healing part. And the healing is uncomfortable and messy. It can be. It can mm-hmm. most of the times it is. I mean, because you you really have to face your wounds and what's going on there. But it is absolutely, like you said it will set you free. And then you can move into the restoration process. So I I love that you point out that there's a distinction there. Yeah. And how joyful and exciting is restoration, right? Because like you said, you are unrepeatable. You are unique, unrepeatable. There's no one else like you. And God has, you know, he knows what he wants for you. And when you start living into that, wow, life, life is different. It's very different. <laughs> totally. Totally. You think of Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you plans yeah. for your welfare, not for your woe. That's been my, my verse for many, many years. And when he says plans, it's not plan. It's not like, Hey God, I got to figure out your plan and how to get on board with it. It's his plans. They evolve over your life. And as you evolve, his plans evolve because guess what? Now you're more, your heart's more open. You're able to live that dream more fully. You're able to do things, do things now that I never could do in my twenties or thirties, you know, started doing speaking this year, which I've had a phobia of public speaking since I was a teenager. And I know he's been calling me out. And finally I said, okay, I've done enough healing work that now I want to do the restoration. I've been healing this part of myself that wants to remain hidden that wants to remain small, not in a good way, not little to be carried by God, but small because I'm afraid of what could happen if I really put myself out there. And so my fear was more of of success than failure per se. I was used to, you know, putting myself out there and getting knocked down. I, I got used to that. I was afraid of what would happen if I really went for it and it started to happen. And then can I sustain this? What if they see through me? What if this, what if that, all these things. And so then allowing myself to, from this place of healing, say, okay, you're going to restore this part of me, this part of me that you've created to be a storyteller where I can engage with people and know that I can be seen and known and loved for who I am, even in my weakness, even in my brokenness, even in my imperfection. And you're going to use that for your glory. It's, it's profoundly empowering. And when I start to do that, and when my team starts to do that, and I see other people start to do that, you get more empowered and more empowered because you can see the power of Christ working in you. And you can see what it's doing to other people. You see, it's starting to change the people around you. It's changing yourself. It's changing your life. And you just want more of that. You just want to do it more. Yeah. I am so glad that you mentioned that fear of success because when I think about the clients that I've worked with, I think I've seen fear of success more than fear of failure. Wow. Because as you say, you know, there's, 
there's so many things that hold us back that are not of God. And if we just stepped into what God wants, oh my goodness, life just opens up. And there is that fear of success because it's very vulnerable place to just yes. put it out there. Right. So, so thank you for mentioning that. Um, someone's listening and they know they're struggling and they know they have to make some changes and they're avoiding, you know, the healing part, right? Ah. They want to fast forward to restoration, but they're avoiding the healing. <laughs> what's, what's a starting point for somebody if they're like, all right, I got to take care of this. Yeah. yeah. I'd say kind of open your hands and let go of the reins here. Right. So um, first thing is surrender. You know, I, it's, it's admitting your littleness, your weakness, your inability to make yourself restored because you don't do the restoration. God does. <laughs> and it often comes in unexpected ways. And so if you're going to start it, I'm going to take the lead here and I'm going to be restored or whatever that just, just let that, you know, let, let that fallacy go that you have control and just open your hands. What I do is I really prayed, Lord, show me the truth of who you are and show me the truth of who you created me to be. So if you see, you want to know the truth, God is a God of truth. Everything he says and does and is, is rooted in truth. It's not his truth. It's the truth. <laughs> if we can then approach God for who he is and say, I don't want to have these misconceptions of you that like for me, it could have been, you're holding out on me, God. You've forgotten me because I, I got left behind. All my friends got married. All my cousins got married. My youth group kids got married before me, you know, or they've all had kids before me. And here I am, you know, in my mid forties. And, and now what, what do you have for me? Well, guess what? God still has a plan for me, even though it looks different than what I thought. So I think when you ask for the truth and you surrender and let go, and then you open your heart to him and just say, show me the parts of myself that need you. And then you let him lead you through that. He's going to, he's not going to be, you know, ob obtuse. He's not going to like, just make this very, you know, like you can't figure it out. He's going to start showing you through your daily life hey, these are opportunities to smooth out some of your rough areas because this person's coming in on you and it's bothering you and you're getting upset or you're reacting or you're whatever, you're triggered or you're this or you're that. And you start saying, these are parts of myself that I don't necessarily like about myself. And so this is the areas that I'm gonna say, come, come to this part of my heart and start to do your work, Lord. Help me to be receptive to you, to your spirit working within me, working through me. And then let him lead you through that process. I think it's really important that we steep ourselves in the sacraments. I went to confession this weekend. I'm really trying to get back to once a month confession. Um, I have a teammate that goes weekly. I'm not there yet. But, you know, I think if you could get yourself to the sacraments, that's so important because that gives us the grace that we need to do what he's asking us to do. You don't want to white knuckle this. You don't want to try harder, you know, and stuff. You just open yourself to the grace. Uh, another thing that's been really helpful for me, and I would say you could do this in a couple ways, is therapy for me has been life-changing. Um, I had gone earlier in my life when 
abuse had come up and I started to have to work through that. But then a couple of decades went through and I went like on to this healing ministry and to this healing retreat and this different thing. Um, a couple of years ago, I just couldn't manage the anxiety on my own when I was walking with my dad through his thing and going through the hormones with infertility. It just was just too much. And so for the past about four or five years now, I've been with an amazing uh, trauma specialized therapist that's been working through that with me. And so that's been really important for me. I would say, plug yourself into resources, get yourself a coach like Liz, you know, get yourself a therapist, get somebody that is just for you. It's a helping relationship that can see your blind spots like you can't see. You know, yeah, it's awesome to talk to a friend. I do that. I have a teammate, I have teammates and I have people that are my ride or die, you know, but when you have a coach or a therapist, oh my gosh, guys, it just really comes into a space that is just beyond that, where they are trained to do this and they can see those areas that you can maybe see or can't see and they can call you into this place for me it's really been cognitive i've had to work on my thinking so much because so much of my thinking was destroyed through abuse in my childhood and so we've had to really go back and rewire my brain trauma by trauma and really come into these places of things that fear had had a hold on my life and kept me down kept me back kept me from so many things and once we started rewiring my brain the amazing neuroplasticity of the brain, then you could start to see, oh my gosh, I am so trapped in so many thoughts that are holding me captive. And, you know, that's what the scriptures say is take every thought captive. And a great way to take those thoughts captive is with a therapist or a coach. So I'd really encourage those areas to really kind of get you started. And if you need people to more specifically accompany you, reach out reach out to any of us. All of us are here to help you. You know, we want to, that's what we do. Exactly. And I love that point of, you know, don't white knuckle it and quote unquote, try harder. Yeah. Um, you know, I've done that in my own life. I've seen it in, in others. Um, that's, that's not going to get you very far. It's going to really burn you out really fast. So yeah. um, don't be afraid to reach out. So yeah, you know, surrender in the sacraments and um, surrender is a process. It's not, it's not like you're going to wake up and be like, all right, I'm going to surrender. I mean, like you might say that that's fine, but then PS, you know, you got some space to go <laughs> after that. Um, and, and a lot of what you said to, you know, to reflect on, um, you know, I can't stress enough, just taking that to adoration. Um, you know, if you're able to do that, um, that just gives you the silence, in the focus and the space to, to do that work. Um, and a lot of what you talked about, like rewiring, you know, I talk, I've talked about that on the podcast before. Um, I know Dr. Caroline Leaf talks a lot about that too. And, and she does it in a, in an approachable way. So you can do those things. And, and there's so much hope on the other side of all of this. So before we talk about the, the slacker podcast <laughs> I just said names, like before we talk about all those good things and how we connect with you I want to I want to revisit our scripture passage especially yeah. with our conversation it's always so amazing to revisit John 16 33 I have told you this so that you might have peace in me 
In the world, you will have trouble, but take courage. I have conquered the world. I hope that gives you comfort to everyone listening. He's already conquered all of your struggles. He's already done it. So let him work in you now, right? That's what I'm hearing from you, Lisa, right? Amen. I mean, I have chills head to toe right now completely, Liz, and it's just the power, the living word of God has so much power. What God's saying here, and and just to put this within context, this is before he's going to be crucified and go. So he's preparing his disciples for what's about to happen. And so he's been telling them, you know, I'm going to be going. And they're kind of like, what are you talking about? (laughs) You know, so they don't understand it's because they don't know the story like we do. Right. So this is what he's doing. He's preparing them. And then right before this, he says, I'm not alone. The father is, is with me. Right. That's so powerful. And that's what I think so much of us have to realize too, is that when we realize the power of God rests within us, the power of God is in us. If we ever feel isolated alone, I can't do this. My restoration's too much. My healing I I put it off for so long, or I just don't want to face those things. Or why is that important? You know, it's important to realize that God knows you and he knows what you're capable of. And if he sees these things holding you back, burdening you, you know, triggering you, all of these things, he doesn't want that for you. And so what he's told you is he said all of this so that you can have peace. Oh my gosh. Don't we just want peace? Aren't we just like, especially women, just like, can I just have a moment's peace? Can I have a moment's peace? You know, <laughs> like, that's what right. we want. So he says he is giving us peace that he tells us it's going to be a tribulation. There's going to be hard times, guys, but take heart, take heart. That's it. I have overcome the world. And what does that mean? I am victorious. I have prevailed. It's all done in me. You don't have to try harder. You don't have to make so-and-so figure their life out. And you don't have to fix her. And you don't have to this. And you don't, I have overcome all of that. So if we can live in this place, knowing he's victorious and my God is a God of victory. And that's the God who I serve. And that's the God who I follow. And that's the God who brings healing. And that's the God who brings restoration. And I know if he could do it for me, because man, I've had some brokenness in my life. He sure as heck can do it for you. I am undoubtedly 100% sure. And if you could just let him and let go and just allow him to do that work and then shine that light to another sister, another brother, another person, then we all take our little candles and we shine, we shine brightly in the world and we start to overcome the darkness just like Christ. Yes, yes, exactly. And and I think you said, said so many beautiful things there, but one is, you know, you're holding yourself back when you are not facing the healing yes because on the other side of the healing is the restoration and as you said jesus has done this all already let him let him lead let him lead right so yes beautiful lisa tell us you know about this podcast that you have coming (laughs) up all the good things how do we connect with you yeah yeah so a couple of years ago in 2021, we started Saints for Slackers, which is kind of this Cliff Notes version on the Saints. For those of us who like want to know all the Saints and want to know all their stories, but we just don't have the time to do that much reading and do that much research, 
this just gives you these little three to five minute reflections. And so it's not like you have to sit down and strap in for an hour or something like that. No, it just gives you like a little, you can listen to it while you're washing the dishes or you listen to it in the car or whatever you're doing or put it in with your prayer time. Um, so we've been doing this and we're going to be doing season four, um, like I mentioned, launching um, September 22nd, running through November 30th, and we're doing the little way edition. So Liz is going to love it because um, it's all about the spirituality of St. Therese. And we're taking all these saints that embody the themes of St. Therese's spirituality, and we're going to be sharing about them over all seasons. So there's going to be 20 new episodes with about 18 new saints and we have all kinds of guests and all it's just it's super fun i i host it with my brother and uh we call him our little casey Kasem. he's got like a velvety voice and awesome. it's, it's just so fun yeah it's just a great time and i do these wannabe saints i make up we um I kind of crowdsource with our team and friends let's come up with some funny wannabe saints so it'll be like saint amnesia the patron saint of i don't know what <laughs> or, you know, say bye, Felicia, for the patron saying of get out of my face, you know, <laughs> and we just make up these funny stories just to entertain you guys and just have fun, you know, and yeah. stuff. So, yeah, yeah. So. I love that. And I love that it's, it's, it's short and, and yeah. get what you need. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, friends, this is all going to be in the show notes, you know, how to find Lisa and the podcast and everything. So please check the show notes for that. Again, Lisa, this was such a joy having you on. I loved our conversation. I know it's going to bless so many people. Thank you so much. Thank you. What a blessing for me too, Liz. And God bless your listeners. Thank you. Let's get growing and keep blooming. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Keep Blooming. Tune in every Wednesday for a dose of hope and encouragement. To be the first to know about my upcoming retreats and latest offerings, become an email subscriber at LizMontigneCoaching.com. Have a wonderful week and remember to keep blooming.